this podcast, we'll try to answer some of your questions, guys. And we have one question about GIS programming. So we're going to dissect the different type of programmings that you can do and what kind of language fits each use case that is coming up. What's up, y'all? This is your host, Hussein Nasser from iGeometry, where we discuss software engineering and GIS by example. This is a different kind of uh, episode. i never done this before, but I did ask you guys to send me your questions, your, your GIS or software engineering questions, and I'll try to answer them in my podcast. And we got, I, I, I picked one question today uh, from LinkedIn, from Vikrant. And the question is, uh, dear Hussein, I want to learn GIS programming. Uh, is Python useful? I'm not very good in programming. Kindly guide what language I could use to get started. And thank you so much for the post. Thank you for your question, Vikrant. Uh, so the way I would answer that is there are many types of GIS programmings and uh, the way I define them personally and uh, there are there I would say four types okay especially with uh, whether you're doing open source GIS or or ESRI GIS programming I would I would categorize them as four types the first type is GIS admin programming okay and the second type is GIS desktop programming Third type is GIS web programming. And the fourth type is like a kind of more advanced thing is GIS server programming. And uh, I'm going to go through each type and then just explain what what is it and what is the best scripting language for each use case. Okay. So first of all, before we jump into these types, I want to kind of remind you guys that if you want to learn programming it's good to have a reason and then that kind of applies to any skill you want to learn okay you can it is okay to learn a skill for fun okay but it, it is also good to have a goal in mind okay by learning any kind of skill i learned programming uh because i liked building software i can't really explain it but when when my uncle showed me when i was 16 that you can write these software that you use on your on your computer actually people have written them and the way that you can uh, you can command if you will the computer to 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 do what you want uh and I kind of I kind of liked that a lot, and I started building all kind of software and learned the basics and, and just try to sometimes automate stuff. Sometimes I uh, I will just link my real life and and pour it into a software. Anything that I find people struggling with, I would automate with software, and that was like how I would program. Right? I never said that hey, someone already this built this. I'm not gonna do it. It wasn't a chore for me, right? And uh, 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna force you like you like programming, but in general, that's that's the one of the reasons that motivated me to to do that. Okay, but and programming is useful, right? You can you can use it to advance in your career based on which path you like, right? So all that comes back to what do you prefer and and what you are most comfortable with, and and obviously what's more beneficial for your career. That being said. Let's jump into that. Okay, first thing, GIS admin programming. Uh, so I get a lot of questions as well with this. The admin programming is is the back end office where the GIS administrator, the database administrator, is responsible for for maintaining the database. Okay, so this is this starts from maintaining a bunch of personal file database or file databases or shape files, and then uh, admin move to a multi-user enterprise geo database where an admin have to know a little bit of database administration like you know either Oracle SQL server or whatever the companies uses right and then you uh, learn the SDE commands and you know how to set up a geo database how how to configure it and all that stuff and with that knowledge as an admin you will find yourself doing repetitive stuff a lot, doing a lot of manual stuff. Okay, you want to move data from one one step to another. You can use ArcMap or Pro, copy and paste, right? But if you if you want moving uh, thousands of feature classes, okay, and uh, uh, you can do them manually, right? But Programming can help. Scripting can help here, and and Python is a great language for scripting admin tasks. Okay, especially if you do ETL, and ETL stands for Extract Transform Load. And uh, in my my previous company Bahrain, I've been asked. I I've done almost four, the fourth type of uh, programming, but but admin. I've done a lot of admin stuff where he says, hey. Uh, we uh, have a requirement. This field is uh, like there is there is a field in a feature class, and that field is uh, let's say it's type string, and we want it to, uh, or let's say it's a type integer, and we want to convert that string, and we want this kind of format, right? We want this is like I say it's a project number, but we want the project number to actually have. Um, uh, to represent more information, right? Not just a number, but let's say another field concatenated with this field, right? So either either by doing spatial querying, getting like the substation name, an instance, and then getting the substation name with with the project number, and then use this as the new project number. So you can see so there are some sort of scripting that you have to do. Okay, can you do this manually? Absolutely, right? You can do the calculate. Use that. It's gonna take you a little bit more time, okay? Uh, you can do it, obviously, right? You can you can just move the move the fields and then uh, do some calculation and do that, right? But if they ask you to do that for legacy geo databases, you start to you need to start automating that. And Python is a great language for that, right? So if you if you're doing this kind of work, ETL work, I do recommend learning Python, okay? So that's one thing. 
Okay, if, uh, if you're manipulating data a lot, you're working with data a lot, I do recommend uh, learning Python. That being said, Python is can be used for pretty much for anything you want, right? You can do anything with Python. You can do anything with any programming language. I want to keep. I want you to keep this in mind. But there are languages that are optimized for certain tasks, right? And GIS administration programming, Python is just wonderful. Okay. You can do it with JavaScript, but ArcGIS at the back end of the database doesn't really work well with JavaScript, right? There's no libraries that does that. You can do it, but there are no rich libraries. With ArcPy, which is the Python library for ArcGIS, you can do a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. Okay, so that's the first time. The first thing, GIS admin programming. Okay, guys, second type. Uh, this is like we're moving into a more user-facing uh, kind of applications where it's called GIS desktop programming. So, and uh, you might, if you work in a company, you might have uh, installed an extension on Arc Pro, ArcGIS Pro, or ArcMap, Arc uh, uh, like a partner solution, right? Or, or a company will design an add-in, and then once you install that add-in on Pro, you will get more functionality, okay? I think Attribute Assistance on ArcMap is a, is a good example as an add-in, okay? So once you have that add-in, it, it simplifies your job as an editor. If you're like an editor, you, you're, uh, you're coding, you're writing applications for a certain audience, Okay, you're writing an application, an extension, you're customizing the desktop application for a certain audience, for an editor, okay, usually, or, or maybe for yourself, if you're an editor, if you're, you'll be really lucky if you're an editor and a programmer, right, you'll, you'll get promoted real quickly, <laughs> okay, but uh, essentially, the GIS admin work the scripting usually you do it for yourself you're an admin you do it for yourself right you, you try to simplify yourself nobody cares if you like uh, like some people will ask you for your script but essentially if you try to make your life easier by scripting things okay and for GIS desktop programming usually you try as an editor like for example the editor is doing a certain workflow and it takes them a 10 minute to do this manual workflow which is like hey creating this feature and then copy it and then doing that and then creating a line next to it and then populating it with attributes all right and then you can see that if it's especially if it's repetitive oh my god this is this is a perfect way to automate things right and you program this in a way that extends an existing application, right? So you're building on top of something that exists, right? Which is Pro or ArcMap, okay? And uh, even with App Builder, you can consider it kind, kind of an extension, but, but let's focus on desktop applications, right? Because these applications are rich, are very rich applications designed for heavy duty users, okay? And you want these users to be productive, right? And And even if you, even if you are an editor and you want to learn programming, that, that's a that's a good that's a good use case. I would say that's a definitely good use case for you to learn and build that. I'm not gonna say it's easy, right? It's 
uh, I can I consider GIS admin programming kind of slightly simpler than desktop programming because you now have to interact with something that exists right you have to build it on top of pro okay you have to build this add-in and then install that add-in and then once you install the add-in on a machine that add-in gets light up and users can use it and and it feels good if you built an add-in and then people start using it and uh it really really it feels really good that you simplified someone else's life okay uh, it is really it is really good and so an example of this what is an example of, of um, a desktop application so you can think of uh, like uh, this attribute assistance as we as we talk like built by the solutions team right where where you can you can set rules you can define rules and then it says hey if you want to create this kind of feature you should have these fields populated okay Obviously, with attribute rules, this becomes easier and easier and easier and easier, okay? And uh, you can move, you can shift that desktop programming to kind of arcade scripting, if you will, and do an attribute rules instead. Well, that's not the topic today. Today is just programming, so let's focus on that. Okay, so what language do you use for desktop programming? What language can you use to build on top Pro, okay, to extend this application? Okay, or, or ArcMap. And C Sharp is a great language, right? .NET, VB.NET can be used as well, I think. But uh, C Sharp is the, this, just the most dominant for extending the Pro. Okay, and there's something called the Pro SDK here, or the ArcMap SDK, just called Arc Objects. And uh, I didn't do an SDK tutorial but I did an arc object tutorial and that was really popular back back in the days but yeah so you can use arc object to extend arc map or you can use the pro SDK which is well different to extend pro and build application top of pro okay and then, and then the reason you want to do that is uh, you will have an application right users are used to this application but there's something a little yeah, there is like a little workflow that if only we had this feature, it will be great. So you can build it instead of waiting for Esri to build that feature for you. Now sometimes, like, if it's, especially if this is very specific to your workflow and it will never fit in another company, uh, then you won't see it in the software, obviously, right? So like, then it's not a generic solution. So you would build even a very specific thing. You can build it with one click and instead of 20, you can, you can make your editors very very productive okay so c sharp right python for admin c sharp for desktop programming okay so you can check out my youtube channel to learn c sharp uh we built i think on a tutorial on top of that we have we don't have a python tutorial yet but all right so desktop programming so that's it let's move to the next one gis web programming Hey guys, it's Hussein. Before we jump in this podcast, I just want to let you know that I have a new course called Python on the back end. If you are interested in Python programming, especially with geographic information systems, and you want to take this to the next level and, and transfer this knowledge in the back end, 
consider checking out this course. It's on HosseinNasser.com slash courses. What you will be able to learn is you can build cool web applications and APRs with your knowledge of Python. You don't have to have like uh, uh, custom web applications all right, or IIS. You can just use uh, Python to do that. You can learn how to serve a basic website with Python at the back end. You can turn your existing Python libraries into web APIs to be consumed by other developers with other languages like uh, JavaScript or, or Go or, or C Sharp, right? Like you can build this integration using built services and APIs. You can learn how to build load balancers for your back-end Python services, you're going to learn how to install and use and deploy Jupyter Notebooks. I talked about that as well in the Python of the back-end course. You can also, you're going to learn how to talk and deal and interact with Postgres database. So you'll learn back-end database programming with Python and Postgres. Right? You can learn how to connect query, write, and comment transactions. So, so very basic, like it's, it's like really designed for all levels. Check it out, www.hosseinnasr.com slash courses. With that said, let's jump in the podcast. So GIS Web Programming, really depends here okay so the audience for this are usually light users okay users who want to view something okay users want to do some quick analysis okay and they they just want to open their phone do the thing and then and then done right it just is not power user okay so you can you can use ArcGIS online immediately a, have a built-in web application or you can decide to build your application from scratch all right a web application a web application is great because you don't really need to worry about installing anything as a user okay you just fire up your browser type in the url and boom you're done okay so that's what makes web applications very appealing to end users because it's simple right I don't have to worry about installing Pro, and then I don't have to worry about installing an add-in, and I don't have to worry about compatibility or anything, right? With browsers, okay, you, you fire up a browser and you go to the web application that you built, and then you start uh, basically using this application. Depends what you're trying to do here, right? So if, uh, you, can, you can take the same use cases that you have, right? So it's like, hey, I want users to inspect trees right and then but uh, obviously you can use built-in application like collector to do that or, or or explorer to view right these are all those applications but sometimes you want to do your own thing right you want to customize your own thing and there's no wrong there's no reason to not do something just because something already exists you can always try and it feels really good once you shipped an application right especially a web application for that, JavaScript is perfect language, okay? And you're going to use the ArcGIS JavaScript API. I have lots of tutorials on that. I have a very popular tutorial with over 30 hours worth of content. You can do that, okay? And you can also check out my uh, book, GIS Programming, GIS Web Programming, 
this is that takes you teaches you JavaScript from scratch, teaches you how to build a GIS application that points to a, a service and talks about all that stuff, right? Especially if you want to build a web application. Then you can fire from your mobile phone, then you can fire from your browser, and then immediately use it, right? So check out my book if you already know not know about that. But it's it's very powerful. So JavaScript, right? So we talked about JavaScript. Uh, we talked about G GIS admin programming. We talked about GIS desktop programming. We can talk about GIS web programming. Okay. So we said for GIS admin, Python is great. For GIS desktop programming, C sharp is great. Add-ins. For GIS web programming, JavaScript is absolutely fantastic. It's pretty much my favorite language. Okay. And finally, server programming. Okay. So I would say if you know this certain this kind of server programming skills, you'll be very, very rare programmer because server programming is a more advanced this is the most advanced and most uh tricky kind of programming right because it's it's um, it's hard to get right and uh, and if you, if you know how to build essentially server object extensions on top of ArcGIS server and server object interceptors you're you're that's that's a very good place to be right so and uh, the reason is you can always build a web application correct but if your web application have a lot of logic, have a lot of stuff that it does on the client, on the browser, sometimes that does not scale. Right? If you're going to build a very rich application, you have to really think about the, the communication between the web browser that you're building the, the application on top of the browser and the server. And that communication is sometimes can become very expensive if you don't know what you're doing. Right? If you're sending a lot of requests, if you're sending a lot of heavy requests, like fat requests going on there, and, and you're getting a lot of big res responses, or sometimes you're getting very shallow responses, which causes you to turn around and make more calls to get more information about certain information about certain features okay so server side extensions are great for that so you would you would essentially build that when when you when you when you notice a performance degradation and you see says you know what when I want to design an application especially this is common you can still do it with this type of programming, but it's more common with web applications. You can notice that, hey, if I design an application, I want to design an application that, I don't know, uh, inspect certain kind of features, but I also uh, need to get the cost from the SAP servers, right? The cost of whatever, right? Cost of cutting out trees. Okay? And this is maintained in another system, right? So you, what you can do is make a call, to inspect the tree and then get back and then direct the client make a call to SAP. But guess what? Uh, some some servers will not allow clients to access the SAP servers directly. Right? So what you want to do here is get a token from SAP from this internal external server 
and then kind of communicate between your server and this AP server. So there's some sort of a handshake that is already established and clients have not not have to worry about it. And what do you do here? You simplify the clients in this case. You simplify the web programming. So I make a call to my server and that my server extension that I built on the back end will turn around and say, hey, this is a request to a tree. Let me give you the price of this tree, but I don't have it here. Let me, I, I have to talk to this other system, which is called SAP. And then and I'm gonna give you the price of that tree that you need to cut, all right? I don't really know if the if SAP stores like this kind of information, but I know that it has to do with prices. I'm not, I'm not familiar with the system, but think of it as just as <laughs> as, a, as just going of an integration, right? So I just want to, I just, I, I don't want to send false information here. I know you guys are gonna gonna yell at me. <laughs> All right, so, but yeah, so essentially prices. So you can you can integrate different systems at the back end because it's cheaper, right? Especially if your server is sitting next to your server, the SAP server, it's, an, it's a LAN connection, especially if it's in, an, in a DMZ uh, network, it's a, it's a delimitarized zone where, hey, nobody else can access this. There is no APIs but this. So your server, your server SOE, server object extension, and we talked about SOE and SOI, I think, in another episode. All right, go check it out, guys. And uh, just flip it through the your favorite podcast player. And uh, yeah, so server ex- side extensions, right? So sometimes you want to build the server side to to do things that is it's not even possible without it, right? And that's why a lot of companies require this, and it's, it's, it's a rare skill to find. Okay, so if you're already one of those programmers and you want to take your skill to the next level, consider this. Consider consider learning building server-side extensions, right? And uh, with that said, guys, uh, I think that's it for me today. Hope you enjoyed this episode, okay? And uh, let me know if you have any more questions. Again, to ask your questions, you can find me on all kind of social media. You can find me on Instagram. Just go to HosseinNasser.com. You'll find me. My contact information there, send me an email. Feel free to send me an email with any of your questions. I'd love to see your uh, questions. Uh, you can send me a voice note on the podcast player here. If, you, if, you're, if you're using Anchor, which is the application I use, go to Anchor, just find me, and then go to my account, and then leave me a voicemail with your message, and I'll take your message. It's easier, it's even easier. I'll take your message and just stick it in the podcast and... So you'll hear your voice when you listen to that podcast next time. Uh, With that said, I'm going to see you in the next one, guys. You guys stay awesome. Thank you so much for your questions.